0: Is this 100?
1: I didn't even give you a countdown.
0: Is this 100?
1: It is episode 100. Yes, it is. All right, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm keeping it in.
0: Welcome, welcome everybody, to the Chinchilla Picking Podcast. It is February the 7th. 2023 at seven sixteen p.m as always we hope that we are entertaining educational and uplifting because we want everyone to make money my name is david underwood and i am joined by brandon beaver brandon it is episode 100 100 yeah we didn't plan anything for this nothing, nothing special we we are boring i'm sorry but you know one hundred. We talked about planning something special, but then we—I don't know what—we got busy or something. Life happens. Life, yeah, life, life does happen. But it's one hundred guys. We have been out here getting together one day a week. Actually, some weeks more than one day a week, and putting out uh, information and episodes for you guys, for you listeners. We uh, appreciate everything that you guys have followed us from the. I think the first three months we had what five listeners a week. Yeah, it was probably family members. <laughs> yeah, that was it. So uh, we well, grown. At, one
1: point, at one point I looked at our stats and I was like, not a single female listened to us an entire month. I was like, mom, <laughs> how are
0: you right? Hey, come on, come on. <laughs> um, so we have grown and we appreciate it, guys. Uh, we just we're here just putting this out for you guys and to uh, help you. Maybe uh, grow a little, learn a little, uh, be educated a little about what's going on in the markets. We have years and years and years of experience. We are old and sometimes, sometimes we know what we're doing. Um, <laughs> and and we, we like to share our knowledge and what we learned in our experience with all of you guys. And we appreciate the support you guys give us uh, just by following us, just by hitting that little subscribe button. Uh, so if you're listening to us on whatever uh, streaming service you listen to us, hit subscribe go ahead just click it hit like that's how we get that organic growth and uh, we appreciate that organic growth
1: yeah, we're on we're on platforms we don't even know about
0: we are yeah i know that it is it is weird how people find us sometimes so it is what it is it is what it is um i i will talk about today's show man uh, episode 100 uh, the rules have always been the same rules 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 Brandon and I get together five to 10 minutes before the show and we tell each other what we're going to talk about. You actually hear the live discussion here on the show. I think we got together one minute before the show and we just had started hitting record. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a really live discussion here. No, I don't know,
1: yeah, I don't We've already done thousands of hours of content. What more, you, what more do you people want from me?
0: I know. Seriously. Like I, I think, I think we're at a point now, Brandon, To where we don't even need to like do the pre-talk, we could just go right in and record it, and it would be a it would be a good show.
1: I try I try not to like be so predictable because I I feel like sometimes people could just listen to me and be like, yeah, the Fed sucks. Eh, it's gonna be a tough year. Markets (laughs) are are gonna have tough trouble raising rates and and inflation, inflation, inflation.
0: I thought you were going to talk about like uh, how you go deep diving into all these earning reports and you break down all the little nitty gritty uh, stats that like we hardly ever talk about. You hear like once a year on CNBC and you're like, what's that stat mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought you were going to go down that road.
1: Japanese pension funds.
0: moving. Yeah, that, that. I'm telling you, that is still the highlight of uh, last year for me is you finding the Japanese pension fund that was moving the treasuries. That was yes, that was that was that was the highlight, I think. Uh that was good times. Good times on the show. All right. Well, uh today's show, uh, we don't have anything really special. So we're gonna talk about uh Brandon's allowing me to go first, and then he Welcome. has a bunch of earnings and uh uh companies to talk about uh going on. But I'm gonna talk about the headlines that everybody wants to hear about, right? And I know you're just saying, hey, you're tired of hearing about the Fed, but guess what, Brandon? I'm sorry, but that is what the headlines are this today. You know, it is all about the Fed. So Fed Chairman Powell. 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 He came came on TV today. Man, we are just in a good mood, aren't we? Uh, He came on TV today and he uh, gave some uh, comments and uh, talked talked about a lot of things. But of course, the number one thing he talks about right now is inflation and interest rates. Right? So I'm going to read two different headlines from two different sources. One headline says... Fed Chair Powell says inflation is starting to ease, but interest rates still likely to rise. Right? Yeah. So growth
1: um, of inflation is coming down. Well, uh, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Let
0: yeah. me read. Let me read the other site's headline. Ready? Fed's Powell says job strength shows inflation fight might, may last quite a bit of time. Two different headlines from two different sources. It 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 just it just I just point that out to people so that it shows you like you have to like quit looking at headlines and you, you use a headline to determine if you're gonna read the article. But read into the article because in both are in both of these articles I read, one was on Fidelity, one was on CNBC. I'm not gonna say which one's which, but when you, you I'm sure most of you if you listen to us for long enough, you can figure it out which is which. Um but if you read into the article, they actually start go- actually going in and breaking down what uh, what actual uh, Feds come uh, Powell's comments was, and what he talked about in both of them, Brandon. Before we get into this, I just want to mention a couple couple things real quick, and then we'll delve into the inflation fight here. In both articles, he talks about how the jobs report in January was so good that it's definitely they're going to raise the benchmark interest rate. Um, to 5.25 rather than where it was before in the four in the four and a half, 4.75 range. And now we're going definite 5.25 is where they're looking at a benchmark rate. And also because we're at a historically low unemployment rate. So before we get talking is that Brandon and I have been talking about this since fall of last year, that we need unemployment to go up and we need the jobs numbers to quit being so rosy for inflation to come down. Do we need like a negative jobs number for inflation to start coming down? Uh, I'm on the edge about that, but we we don't need 500,000 jobs. Yeah. That's that's not what we need. And we do need unemployment to tick a little bit higher. Even during the the best positive markets of, of the last 100 years, we had like 4% unemployment. So we, it can tick higher and we could still be in a gr- in a great job market. So 3.4 is just historically low. And it's way too low to beat inflation right now. Brandon, I know you want to say something. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I just 3.4% was completely unexpected, at least for me. I didn't. So is the labor participation rate still declining? Because that could explain it. Like if people have stopped looking for jobs, they're not going to be counted in the unemployment statistics. So it's possible that that actually brings the number lower.
0: So in all the articles I read today about the uh, Fed and and his comments and the interest rates and inflation, it it wasn't a – they weren't job uh, articles. So they didn't delve into the job numbers to see what the participation rate was. They just gave an overview, a quick high-level view of the jobs numbers to explain why Powell was saying, hey, we're still going to have to continue to raise rates. Inflation fight's not over with um he is optimistic that's why they went down to a 0.25 uh 25 basis points instead of uh 50 basis points or 75 basis points but uh they did raise it to a 5.25 benchmark goal now of where they want to get to
1: it doesn't really like i don't know something something doesn't add up with the jobs number i mean i know there's a lot of jobs out there especially when it comes to skilled trades um and um they, what well, they call them low skilled trades as well, which I hate that phrase because I don't actually believe it's true. But um, the retail jobs, you know, you, you still go to uh, the fast food restaurants, you get stuck in long lines because they don't have enough workers. And I think that's partially because of Uber and uh, DoorDash. And, you know, why would a college uh, kid or even a teenager just entering the job market, why would they want to go into a high stress workplace? Uh, When they can make their own schedules and um, deliver and make money on their own time with no boss. So I think honestly, I think that's part of it as well. And it seems like it would be a small percentage of the workforce, but I think it's enough to make an effect. Go ahead, Dave.
0: So CNBC, after after the jobs numbers are released, every time, every day that the the jobs numbers are released, they come out with this report of, uh, it's a good article, and you should look at it one the next time they have the jobs numbers out, and it says, where are the jobs are at in one chart? And in it, they break down by sector where all the jobs were created, and the number one sector was uh leisure and hospitality so like restaurants and and what you're talking about was the number one sector for job growth in January. So what you're thinking is true in fact that they they had some of the biggest job growth in those areas.
1: Yeah, for sure. I just uh something doesn't add up and maybe that's one thing that I'll, I'll research a little bit more and and maybe dig into those numbers coming into the next week, uh you know next show that we do. Because uh, it is just, I mean, I didn't expect a huge increase in unemployment, but I definitely didn't expect it to decrease right now either. I mean, every day you look at the headlines and there's layoffs coming from Meta or coming from uh, uh, Google or or whatever big company you're looking at. Uh, um, so I, I it just caught me off guard for sure. I didn't expect 3.4. I expected more 3.6%. Um, but the, the that just means that the Federal Reserve's job's not done, and it means more tough times for the stock market. And it's a weird thing. Uh, good news is bad news because it really is good news for the workers. That it's three point four percent unemployment. There's still a lot of jobs out there, um, but you know it means no free money for the stock market. No, no, uh, no, you know low interest rates. All that that era is over for now, at least. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, the discount window is uh, is 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 not open for zero lo- percent interest rate loans. If you don't know what a discount window is, guys, I, I please uh, Google that, research that, and learn about it because it will open your eyes to how our financial system works via with the government. But besides the point, um, how this uh, the unemployment ties you know into inflation is. I'm I'm looking for an inflation number, and last time the inflation number came out, which is going to come out this month in February last time the inflation number came out i was saying the market was going to run if we saw below 6%. We didn't see below 6% but the market still moved up and i was surprised uh, you know at the move up. It wasn't a huge move percentage wise but points wise they're like oh the market moved 500 points today. I'm like yeah but it's not even a full percent. Oh, it's not. You, you know what i mean? It's like it's not even a full percent. So back like like People look at these big numbers like five hundred seven points, and they think back to like two thousand eight recession. I'm like, yeah, but the Dow was at ten thousand then. Yeah. Now it's at thirty some odd thousand. It's that five hundred point drop in one day is not the same as it was back then. No. Besides yeah. that, all right. So besides that, um, to today's after of the Fed uh, pal came out and he he made that announcement and he covered all the the news and he did did the comments right. What we saw was the options markets for a few months out started exploding. Calls were being bought up, and and people were expecting, okay, the the market's going to start jumping up. I want to buy some calls now, and I was like, that's a little premature. I want to see an inflation drop below six percent before I start getting all excited. And it still has not dropped. That's that's you know, I would like to see below five and a half percent on this next one, but 6% would be a great number and I would buy in. You know, we haven't seen that. It's still above 6% inflation, which we, the Fed has a benchmark goal of 2%. So it's still over three times the amount of the benchmark goal and people are buying calls three months out.
1: Yeah, the casino is still there, isn't it? I, it's one of the things that kind of makes me think maybe, maybe we haven't seen market lows because people are still... Uh, playing the casino of the stock market rather than investing. I was very surprised, though, to see uh, that the uh, the largest portion of money that came in to buy the dip in the stock market back last year in June were actually retail investors. And so I think that, you know, we've become a little bit more sp- sophisticated as a society since the dot-com crash, at least Um in, in order to buy, you know, good stocks at
0: good values when they're down. Well, uh, that's because uh, they listened to Chinchilla Picking Podcasts, <laughs> and we were saying that going into it, saying you need to start this. In May, we were saying, hey, start buying in because we think that this market is going to start taking off, start buying as it's dipping down. Yeah. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, and it took a while, actually, for a real good, meaningful move. But, um, you know, I've been happy since then, for sure, with my portfolio. <laughs> Uh, you go. now am i buying anything right now no i don't need to i'm set i'm good uh and there's nothing that looks uh rather uh appealing right now i've i'm, I'm literally just building cash on the side and waiting you know for more opportunity to come but
0: uh i well hey, hey i'm gonna interject here because all right so I don't know if anybody has been listening to us for a while now, but I had a Tesla position (laughs) and I am out of it. And I made a good amount of money off it. So uh, I have a lot of cash on hand, Brandon. I am looking to buy something, but I'm with you in agreement that I don't see anything right now that I want to really just pour some money into. I am sitting in cash because I'm waiting for an opportunity. I think the market has a good run up right now. And I think we're going to have a pullback once we see some inflation numbers and some actual numbers come in. We had a mixed bag of earnings today. I, I know you have some earnings to cover, yeah. but we had a mixed bag of earnings. We had Zoom cutting 10% of its workforce, eBay cutting some of its workforce today. So we did have more job cuts in the news. They're not getting the headlines they used to because it's not the bigger names like Amazon, Google, and you know Walmart, all those big names. But it is names out there chipotle came in and they missed earnings because of higher food costs so inflation's heading these companies on the top line and bottom line chipotle missed on both this is the first time since 2017 that chipotle has missed on earnings i mean so that's a that's a big uh uh, miss uh, on earnings for any company that that's a good streak to have six years straight of not missing earnings and all of a sudden you miss because of inflation
1: apple same same thing with apple Big right. And and uh, uh, revenue, top right.
0: Up. So, so you you can't go off these these rosy headlines that I, I see out there. That you know, Fed uh, Powell says uh, inflation fight is is winning. Ah, I want to see the numbers first before I start right. opening my mouth on that. Before I start delving, putting my money to work here in in the economy. I think this year is going to be a great year because eventually that inflation is going to take a dip. And once it does, yeah, the market's going to be ready to rumble, and you don't need to be the first one in. It's when they when they start moving back up, you will have plenty of time and opportunity to make money. Look for value companies now that you want to invest in.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that, and you know it just. Uh, uh, but the other thing is too what, yeah. If he's winning the fight on inflation, what's the side effect that's going to come from beating inflation back down?
0: exactly the side effect that should come is we should see a jobs number go lower we should see unemployment, unemployment take higher, higher. Yeah. yeah unemployment take higher jobs number come lower gdp contract you should see those things uh historically that's what we see and i feel like i feel like there's something you know I don't know. I don't want to be all Michael Blurry here and say that uh the the market market's being ma- manipulated and but I I feel like there's something underlying here that we're missing that is propping up all these numbers. Let me say this. Elon Musk said to Michael Burry that he's a broken clock and I can,
1: I kind of agree with it. he's a very smart guy but I mean the guy just tweeted out sell and then deleted his Twitter account right after that like no <laughs> explanation. And and sometimes with the bears, man, nobody ever calls them out. Nobody ever calls out the perma bears. You know, the, they'll say every day, every single day, there's a recession coming. There's a recession coming. There's a recession coming. And guess what? There is. But nobody knows when it's going to come. We have the market cycles, right? So recessions happen. And when they do happen, they say, oh, I predicted that. But the problem is, is you predicted, you know, five years ago. You said five years yes. ago that it was going to happen. And so yes. you really didn't know, you know, uh,
0: Here, I will say this. I I was predicting after October we would see uh, the market uh, – we would have a small recession in October. It would bounce back up, and I was wrong. Um, We did see a bounce back up in October, but then it it came back down again. Um, And we still haven't seen a recession, so I was wrong in all those calls there in saying that. Um, so I quit saying it because I'm like, you know, what? I, I don't know. I, and I've been wrong twice now in trying to call this, I'm just going to quit calling it because I'm wrong. Yeah, And so, and this is what making me think that there's something that I'm missing right now, underlining in the market, Brandon, there's something I'm missing. I'm good. I can, I'm, I'm good at day trading. Because it has nothing to do with underlying market uh, manipulation or or conditions, it has to do with the macroeconomic events of the day. So I could continue to day trade, but my long-term investments are suffering because I, I I what I see happening is not what should be happening.
1: Yeah, it's just the timing of it. It's so hard to predict. I do think that a recession is coming again. Um, I, I do think that's gonna happen but I'm not selling anything and prepared you know to prepare for I, I'm, I might take some cash um you know just like from my savings account and then put it into investing I might uh, take it all out of my paycheck and put it in there just to have it aside when it happens but uh you know I, I know what I own and I know that it's more valuable than where it sits right now um, and I know that I got it all for a great price so there's no reason for me to sell especially with my timeline being you know 20 years out. Um, but I do think a recession is coming. It's one of the reasons why I'm not buying anything right now either. It'd just be more opportunity. That's what it is, you know? Yeah. When you get these stock market dips, like we did June of last year, and and we may have another one coming up this year. It's just, you know, if you're positioned correctly, it's like, it's raining gold. The gold is off in the future, right? But yeah. it, it is, it's it's given you great opportunities. And look how many people said, don't buy Meta, don't buy Metaverse. And, you know, when it's down in the 90s, people were yelling about how Meta is a broken company with a broken business model. And it turns out, guess what? It's still a cash generating machine. And, um, you know, now that it's doubled in price from its lows, so you're talking about headlines, Dave, I saw a headline and I won't mention um the name of the uh, uh of the people that uh, publicized it. But the name of the, the the headline there was now it's time to buy meta. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like, yeah. I, I, I love these, it's like uh these 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 analysts that get on TV, man, and uh they 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 say all this stuff. They like I'll use I'll continue on your meta example there. Everybody's dogging meta, meta, meta until they come out with good news and it's oh look how great meta is and you know, uh, yeah, we were positioned in meta. I'm like, when were you positioned in meta? The the hundred times you came on TV and said it was awful, right? Or are you Are you positioned in Meta because you own some ETFs that own a tiny bit of Meta, and that's how you're claiming you're positioned?
1: Or did they go on TV and yell at people to sell Meta because they were trying to buy it for a lower price?
0: Right. I mean, Kramer is – as there's a YouTube video out there of Kramer uh, saying that hedge funds do that all the time. Well, he also just said that Google's business model was
1: broken yesterday too. What? Yeah, he's he's – Oh, I can't I can't stand him. <laughs> There's a whole <laughs> show on this about my beef with Jim Kramer. Uh, yeah. probably a year ago. I don't know, but
0: we, we, we've done a hundred of them, so it's it's in there somewhere. Yeah. Um uh, so what do you got? Let's talk about earnings. All right. So we've we've done enough about the inflation and and uh, uh, Fed and all that. I you got some earnings you want to cover. Let's get into it. Which one do okay. you want to cover first?
1: Let's talk about Google. They Google. Have their new rival to Chat GPT Bard. Now, have you used this Chat GPT before? Have you used it yet? I have not, no. Okay, I've used it, and it's not. Everybody's, you know, worried that Chat GPT is going to take over Google, and it's too tedious. Um, it, it's interesting for five minutes because you know you can ask it about anything, and I think up to uh, up until 2021, because I don't think it's been updated with new data but you can ask it about almost anything and it'll like spit out, you know, some informative article and it can write poems and stuff like that. It's cool for about five minutes, but you don't use it as a search engine where the utility of this is going to be because Microsoft has invested a lot of money into chat GPT and they've got a partnership now and they're going to take chat GTP and integrate it into its search engine and Bing and that's where the utility will be to use that uh, that uh, um, chat bot to um, you know supplement your search engine, and then also you know you can sell the technology to companies that uh, you know you could use a little chat bot on your website, stuff like that. Things that, but uh, Google's unveiled Bard, so they're going to have something to rival it and and to use with um, with uh, Google.com, the search engine. I.
0: <laughs> I, I so from what you're explaining here about Chat GPT, uh, this sounds like it is uh, just like if I search something in the Google search bar, yeah. So, so there's no difference,
1: but, but, but here's the thing with Chat GPT, it gives you one answer. Whereas if you go to Google, if you don't find the answer in the first article, there's like a list of a hundred other articles below it to give you the answer,
0: yeah. So, I would never use this, I would continue yeah. using the Google search bar because I want the multiple selections and multiple answers to my problem. I never want just the top one because that's, really- that's too ad centric. That's too like you, you can, you can create your page that you're trying to advertise or get views and create it in a way that it's always going to be that number one, that the AI robot finds. And then, Cause you know, the algorithm that the AI robot is using and you know, that's too ad centric for me. I would, I would still use the Google search bar.
1: And there is some crazy and innovative stuff and, and sometimes scary AI uh, innovations. For example, meta platforms had a uh, program going where they developed some AIs that were actually communicating with each other. And they had to shut the program down because they discovered that the computers had actually developed their own language in order to not be detected by
0: the humans,
1: so that's that's a little scary, right? They actually, it didn't take
0: them long, did it? It didn't take them long at all.
1: <laughs> no. So, all right. So, with Google, revenue is uh, still under pressure from weak advertising demand. Um, earnings per share came out as a dollar and five cents per share versus a one one dollar and eighteen cents expected. Uh, revenue was seven seventy six point five. Uh, I'm sorry, seventy six point oh five billion versus seventy six point five three billion expected. So, kind of big misses there. YouTube advertising revenue seven point nine six billion versus uh eight point two five billion expected. Uh, Google Cloud revenue was down uh to seven point three two billion from seven point four three billion expected. And uh, traffic acquisition costs. This is a big thing when it comes to uh, you know uh, revenue uh, companies that get revenue from advertising. Is a, you, you'll see it as TAC oftentimes in the earnings. Um, and and that was twelve point three nine billion dollars versus thirteen point nine. I'm sorry, thirteen point two billion expected. And traffic acquisition costs is the expense of gaining qualified traffic to your pages. So uh, advertisers are actually liking the fact that that's down. Uh, but YouTube advertising revenue—that's short of analyst expectations, seven point nine six billion dollars. That's not good news for uh, for YouTube right now, especially when they're still in competition with um, companies like TikTok and uh, Instagram and and all that, and YouTube YouTube TV. So
0: that's not much of a miss, man. You're talking about five hundred million when they're talking about a revenue of seventy nine billion. That's what a one percent at most, uh like 0.87%. The, I mean, the,
1: the problem here was the profitability, the earnings per share was was kind of a big mess there.
0: Uh yeah, all right. All right, so I, I mean
1: agreeable. I still cost I'm so, and I'm still happy with it, but
0: so this go this goes back into what we've been talking about is the cost that these companies are seeing due to inflation has risen. So now that the revenue numbers can still be high the costs are cutting into the bottom line numbers this is what's hurt this is why google had all those layoffs because and we were not seeing those layoff numbers affect uh this earnings report but the next earnings report you'll see no longer that kind of payroll on uh, google and that could be that 500 million right there um, but uh, you also see that with other companies like we talked about earlier, Chipotle and a few others, high inflation is is making these companies cut costs so they can raise their bottom line because the top line is sounds like it's staying even or just a, a hair up, like four percent up. But with inflation at six percent, you're actually down two percent net. Yeah. And so it's it's companies' costs are just up too high for the for yeah. them to maintain. And at
1: the same time, they're actually having to deal with Um, a situation that they would normally have to deal with during deflationary times, and that's a strengthening dollar uh, because the Fed is raising rates so fast that the dollar is uh, increasing in in value as we speak, and and, uh, that's a good thing when it comes to the battle of inflation, but for multinational companies that have to deal with currency headwinds, it's not such a good thing. Um, And we'll get a little bit more into that when it comes to Apple, but for now, let's talk about Meta meta I am so happy right now because for I after, bet you are after a year of getting my butt kicked in this stock I am now up very nicely and I'm very happy that you know and it just comes down to you have to know what you you have to know what you own
0: right diamond hands diamond yeah. hands Brandon
1: but it's hard to have diamond hands if you if you're not confident in what you're doing you know and it's easy like if you're down 15 20 percent on something to sell it because you get scared. But if you're confident in what you're doing and you know what you're doing, you've taken the time to research and learn and know the companies that you're buying rather than just even even just taking my advice for it. I I recommend stocks on this program. So you so do you all the time. But we tell you, to do your own research because you have to know what you're doing and what you're buying. Otherwise, even if we're right, you're you're more likely going to panic sell sell when you're down. So, you know, holding that up. Well, turns out market pays for patience. Mixed earnings here, but it just wasn't as bad as what people would expect. It had gotten beaten down so badly that the apocalypse had been priced into Meta. (laughs) (laughs) And it it turns out Meta's not going out of business. Facebook isn't going anywhere. Two billion monthly active users.
0: That's a a lot. It's
1: a lot. When you think about the fact that what's there, like 7.5 billion people in the world?
0: Yeah, that's 25% of the world are using meta. Yeah. Or so
1: Facebook. Q4, Q4 revenue came in at $32.2 billion. It beat expectations of $31.7 billion. Uh, earnings were $1.76 per, uh, per share. Missed expectations here by about 20%. Uh, expectations were $2.20. But they announced a $40 billion buyback plan. I like it as a shareholder. Uh as a, uh, as a, you know, um, publicity is not so good on that, I don't think. When you're announcing layoffs and then doing a $40 billion buyback plan, maybe wait on that. But uh, it is <laughs> – Wall Street likes it for sure. Go ahead.
0: All right. So the buyback plan, the reason why a lot of companies are doing buyback plans right now is because Biden administration is currently trying to push through a plan. And he should be talking about it tonight on the State of the Union. And that is to go ahead and tax these buybacks and to penalize companies to use the profits for buybacks because they want them to use the profits for other things. And so a lot of companies right now are using any kind of profit they have to do buybacks now so that they they'll, you know, in case the administration is able to push this through, that they're they're not gonna be penalized for doing buybacks later on.
1: And let me let me say this because I accidentally said monthly active users, it was two billion daily active users.
0: So, thank you thank you for that, that correction. The
1: monthly, the monthly is even higher and that's probably like half of the world that's a monthly active user of Facebook. So uh yeah, the expectations there were 1.98 billion. So a slight beat there but it's a very impressive number. Uh family of apps that's you know the Instagram, uh, Facebook, WhatsApp, Messenger all that stuff. Daily active users 2.96 billion. Um Reality Labs was operating loss of uh -4.28 billion um that's uh, it was a uh, you know another like 280 million uh dollars in losses there than what was expected but at the same time we do expect reality labs to continue to lose money probably for the next 5 to 7 years and and that's yep. all that was already laid out you know a few years ago by uh by um Mark he said you know it's gonna be probably about 10 years where we're losing money on this but it'll eventually pay off he's really looking really long term here for the metaverse um fy 23 quarter one sales are now forecasted at uh 26 to 28.5 billion and that's actually going to be a decline of 14 percent um so here's the thing about this you know you got to kind of look underneath the hood. We're expecting a recession this year. You know, rates continue to increase. Currency headwinds continue here. But when you're looking at a company that's got 2 billion daily active users, for sure, when we come back on the rebound, advertising revenue is going to go way up. So mm-hmm. even though this year, the guidance, kind, of, quite frankly, kind of sucks uh, for this year. You have to look out further, okay, what's going to happen after, you know, a year from now, two years from now. And um, I I still think even at this price for the stock, I I think it pays off nicely.
0: A lot of companies are given uh, lower guidance for the year. And uh, and that's another reason why I think people buying in right now and driving these stock prices up when companies are coming out saying, hey, we had a great fourth quarter, but this year is going to be rough it's going to be rough at the beginning of the year. I mean, that tells me, I don't know if you should be really buying into every company right now. I would be picky and choosy. I, I, I'm i especially blown away, Brandon, by what I saw in those numbers of option calls for months down the road. I'm just like, Why? Yeah, you you're that's months down the road we don't know the latest inflation number you don't know where it's at we don't know where everything's headed it's that's risky that's risky if it pays off great everybody who did it is a, is a very smart person smarter than me but uh if it doesn't pay off you could lose just as fast and just that's, as much
1: that that's the nature of that game with the options they pay off it's amazing you're the most intelligent person <laughs> in the world and then you make another bet the next day and you're an absolute idiot
0: <laughs> right and yeah. here's the
1: thing, Your bets You could actually be right With the options But if your timing's off Then it doesn't matter
0: Exactly so. Ex- Yeah The timing is Is key with that And it's just I don't know man That was kind of risky For to see that kind of volume uh, I, I bet you a lot of people Are going to be selling Those calls here shortly
1: yeah, if I would have been playing metal with options, I would I would have lost my shirt for sure. That's, <laughs> the, that's the that's the beauty of just buying and owning a stock because if you make the correct predict, prediction, it really doesn't matter what your timing is necessarily. You know, only in that like you're trying to buy it when it's at a good value and you're trying to time that a little bit, but you've got much more leeway with it. You know, you've got yes. much more time to let it pay off. Um, and, and you, you could always
0: point, DCA dollar cost average
1: dollar cast average yeah some people say dtf we see we see <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna cut that I'm wow
0: cut that. <laughs> wow 100 episodes everybody and brandon finally broke
1: <laughs> all right apple earnings oh, back on track revenue uh Set one hundred seventeen point two billion dollars. Uh, it's down five point five percent, Dave. Oh, what are they going to do with only one hundred seventeen point two billion dollars? Uh, this company is, oh man, they're bankruptcy, Dave. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Net income, yeah. uh, thirty billion dollars down thirteen percent, uh, year over year. Profit margins down, uh, twenty six percent, and it's down from twenty eight percent. So it's down two percent actually, down to twenty six percent. Um, and it's driven by lower revenue, that's kind of obvious. I don't know why you added that in there, but uh, EPS eighty nine down from two dollars and 11 cents, uh, year over year. Uh, steepest decline in sales in more than six years. Go ahead, yeah.
0: Did you say 13 billion net income? Yeah, that's ridiculous, man. That's what some people's some no, major no, 30
1: 30 billion. 30.
0: 30 billion net income. That's what some corporations don't make revenue in a year. They just made an income in one quarter. I mean, give me a break, dude. This and company a bad, is a monster, a and monster.
1: It was a bad quarter for them. Steepest sales decline in more than six years. But you know, here's the thing. You look at the stock and it, it really didn't react much to it. In fact, it's up now and you get, we're giving Apple the benefit of the doubt. Uh, They said iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max shipments were impacted by pandemic-fueled production constraints at the Foxconn facility in China. Um, Major currency headwinds for them as well. And I think the bet here is that this is all temporary. It's not company-specific to Apple. There's nothing in particular wrong with the company. So why not just... Buy it anyways because eventually this is Going to go away now I'm 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 skeptical that they Should stay at Foxconn In China I think that just brings more Problems in the future
0: So they have you know they have contracts And they have to live up to these contracts or buy Them out do they have the cash on hand to buy them out Yes <laughs> can't can, can they Buy a company is such As like Ikea right now with Their fourth quarter profit Yes yes um but, like, I mean, so Apple has, like, so much money on hand. They could buy out these contracts, and they're making so much profit that uh, I think they need to build some plants closer to the United States where the, their biggest consumer base is. And I think um, I, there's a lot of other companies right now that have agreed to build manufacturing plants in northern Mexico. Uh, Apple should probably look at doing the same and uh, bring some jobs back to North America, man, and... uh I, I think that's that's the route that uh, that they should take. Will they take it? No, no. Uh, Foxconn that that deal with them so lucrative. That's where they're making all, so much money, um, I- right? And it's 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 just let's continue working with a company that has to put suicide nets outside of its towers because you know it's such a great company to work for. Yeah,
1: you know, it's not only that, but then you have situations like the the spy balloon or or weather but whatever it was that flew over the United States that caused all that. The thing is is there's going to be political pressure whenever there's China involved now. And I think that's also a headwind and a risk.
0: Yeah. And and i I, I get what you're saying. And it, it could be a headwind and a risk to Apple and and to their contracts and their involvement over overseas in, in the Asian markets and manufacturing there. But I think there's options available. I think Apple's going to continue to make massive profits no matter yeah, what. I
1: think so too. Yeah. I just think they, they move they need to move away from China because it's what what we're we, we're not going to attack China and try to go to war with them. That would just be suicide for the both of us. Not a good idea at all. But we're going to attack them economically, and they're going to respond. Right, and yeah. the biggest thing that they could respond to would be to hurt Apple, the United States' biggest company.
0: Yeah. Uh no, so the United States' biggest company is the number one company in the world, which is Walmart. Sorry,
1: is it bigger than it's not? Well, yeah. not market cap. Market cap, uh, is bigger.
0: I believe Walmart's number one, Amazon's number two, and Apple is up there. Is it really? Yeah.
1: Right. Well, I, okay. Well, yeah. Tim Cook said on the earnings call he believes the company would have shown iPhone sales growth actually had it not been for the uh, supply issues.
0: Continue talking. I'm going to Google this right now just so we could be correct.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Max sales declined uh, to $7.7 billion from $10.9 billion uh, year over year. Analysts were looking for $9.4 billion as their expectations. So below uh, year over year and below the expectations too. Dating back to December 2017, Apple has only missed revenue expectations twice. Here's why I love this company. Both times now, they have given a warning prior to their earnings that they were going to miss expectations. So one of the most transparent companies on Wall Street. And as a shareholder, I love that because you know what's going on with the investments that you have in Apple at all times. Um. Now, the CFO, Luca Mastri, I think I'm saying it right. Uh, said that significant foreign exchange headwinds, supply constraints on the iPhone 14 uh, and iPhone 14 Pro Max, and a challenging macroeconomic environment contributed to the uh, misses uh, this quarter. Mac growth negatively impacted by economic conditions and currency uh, headwinds, and tough comparisons to a year before. Let's not forget we're still kind of facing uh, you know year-over-year comparisons to. The tail end of the COVID situation when electronic sales were crazy high. Go ahead, Dave.
0: So first things first, you are correct. Apple is the number one United American company by market cap. I was incorrect. Microsoft is number two and Apple uh and Alphabet, Google is number three. So it's Apple, Microsoft, Google. One, two, three. Uh, Berkshire Halfway is up there in the top five, by the way.
1: Um, Try my with <laughs> my cold dead hands.
0: <laughs> um I will say uh that yeah, Apple right now. What uh what's the current uh price on Apple? Do you know?
1: Hundred and fifty-six is what I'm gonna guess, but I don't know.
0: 154. Uh, uh man. Um I think it's going to dip back down to 150, 140s before it goes up to about 180 again, and that's where it's going to peak. It's been bouncing around that range, uh, 140 to 180, Uh, so it's probably going to make another run at 180, but is it going to make it right now? I I don't feel comfortable saying yes.
1: I don't think anything's going to run that high right now unless we get more good inflation news.
0: Yeah, like I said, we need inflation number to be really uh, drop a, a significant amount below 6%. I would like to see below 5.5%, but below 6% would be good news. To see a 5% inflation number would be excellent.
1: So speaking excellent. Of, of Apple, they are down over the past 12 months, 10.63%, but up 20% to start this year. So... Big rebound in Apple shares right there. I, yeah, and, and see, what,
0: and that's you, what. You could go ahead. Be
1: chasing the dragon. You could be chasing the dragon here if you buy right now.
0: And that's that's exactly the point I was going to make too. It's gapped up, and so any time the company gaps up, you want to wait for a pullback or some news. You got, you got to have some kind of catalyst, some news to drive it up more, or a pullback and buy on the on the dip of it. Yeah. Because like 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 you said, Brandon, you're just chasing the dragon. It's already gapped up. You're you're hoping it's gonna gap up again and you're gonna hit the next bubble. But I mean, it already jumped. So it's already made its move. Unless there's other news that happens, it it will probably float around this mark uh, until the next news or something else, some big news, inflation news comes out and it's great or something.
1: But I mean it is in a great situation to capitalize on any opportunities that come from a potential recession. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the amount of money that this has sitting, you know, I think it's around $100 billion. Uh, it's yeah. just absolutely insane. It's a mountain of cash. It is a cash generating machine. It will for sure survive any recession that we have and thrive yeah. Um, So I, you know, if you got 20 year time horizon, it doesn't hurt to buy it now. But, you know, if you're trying to time it, you know, and, and do a swing trade on it, probably not a good idea. Yeah.
0: Uh, Too risky. You know,
1: Let's get into a stock that used to be one of my favorites on this show. It no longer is. It's balance sheet is an absolute mess.
0: Let's let's bust through this. Let's bust Take through two,
1: this one. Take two interactive. Oh. It hurts me to say it. I love my red dead. I love uh G I love the GTA five, but Dave, they are just banking on GTA six saving this company. Uh, that is the bank. That is that is they're swinging for the fences with GTA Six. If they miss, it's gonna hurt really, really bad. Their profit did increase to twenty nine point five percent year over year. Uh, I'm sorry, it increased twenty nine point five percent year over year. The seven hundred. million dollars. That's uh, that's all right for them. Uh, Gross margin, 50.9 percent. I like that number, too. However, operating expenses surging 122.9 percent year over year to 888.8 million dollars. This brings us to an operating loss of 172.9 million dollars. Versus uh, operating income last year of one hundred and fifty four point one million.
0: So I, I want to jump in here real quick. Um, uh, first of all, I wouldn't buy Take Two Interactive. They have two big games, Red Dead and GTA, and that's it. Uh, they they need to come out with something else. But um, I I do want to talk about what you're talking about operating income. That's oh, a, what what a company.
1: Uh, you go ahead, go with that. I just want to say that NBA Two K twenty three is kind of a big game.
0: Okay, the NBA games 2K. Are
1: kind of big too, but they're just not making any money off of it right
0: now. I, yeah, I thought EA owned NBA 2K. Sorry, apologize. Um, so, operating income—that's what it costs, like a payroll, electric bills, leases on land, yada yada yada, just to operate your business. You can also see that number if you're listening right now and you, and you hear the term EBITDA. So the uh, the earnings before uh, interest, tax, uh, appreciation, and- depreciation, yeah, and asset, yeah. It's so- earnings
1: before income taxes, depreciation, amortization,
0: interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So that is also a good tell of operating income because you want that number to be positive. So that number is positive. It means they're actually operating as a positive. So. Then you, then the next number you look at is their actual earnings number and not the EBITDA number. Um, but if they're operating at a positive, that means they're not just digging their hole, digging their hole, digging their hole. Because if a country ha- of a country, if a company has a, a negative EBITDA number, that means they're just digging a hole every year because they're operating at a loss. And you never want to see that unless there's a good reason for it. But there's very few good reasons for that. Uh, that's usually a bad sign of a company. So you want to see EBITDA number be positive, uh, and then you can dig into it more. Sounds like Take Two Interactive has a, a a EBITDA problem right now, and they need to fix it.
1: Yeah, one point four six billion dollars in cash sounds nice until you see a debt of three point oh nine billion. That's that's rough. Well, I mean,
0: every every company has debt, uh, and debt can be healthy. It depends on how you use it and what it's for um you' it, it would be a perfect world if they didn't have any debt and they just had cash on hand right but uh, that's we don't live in that world and every corporation has debt. Apple has some debt and corporate bonds out there that they owe money for uh, they could pay them off right now probably, but um every company has debt. That's not necessarily a bad thing depending on what that debt was used for.
1: They're expecting another loss between a dollar 27 and a dollar 17 per share uh this coming quarter. That bookings projected between 1.31 billion and 1.36 billion i uh i just don't see it if gta 6 is as giant of a hit as we all expect it to be then great but they are really putting all of their eggs into that basket and who i don't even know if we have a release date on this yet i don't think we do yeah.
0: they need to the, they need they need some job cuts is what they need in order to cut back on the operating uh but- costs
1: they announced, they announced job cuts. They also said the word efficiency because I, when Mark Zuckerberg said it in the conference call, Meta's stock jumped even more at that point in time. So I think that you know every tech company or gaming company right now is making a point to use the word efficiency because Mark Zuckerberg said the year of efficiency and everybody went crazy.
0: It's a buzzword right now. It's a buzzword. It's a new buzzword, corporate buzzword, efficiency. All right. Man, all right, talk. man.
1: That's all I've got. So, you know, I mean, Google and Meta and... Fin- Final thoughts. Final thoughts,
0: Brandon. Final thoughts.
1: earnings here on those three companies, just they weren't that great, but, but I think you could take a, a chance on these companies still and say, you know, hey, we're going to get out of this and none of this actually is a result of company specific problems yet when you look at take two interactive i think it's more evident that it is a company specific problem and so this is where you become more selective in the stocks that you're picking and the opportunities that you're taking as things are beaten down you take the opportunity with the googles the metas and the apples but you leave the take twos to other people don't touch it
0: gotcha what I'm looking at, guys, uh, is uh, right now, because the real estate market is taking a hit. Um, uh, mortgage uh, uh, homes are not moving as fast as possible. Mortgage rates are extremely high. Uh, I'm looking at maybe possibly getting into some REITs. Um, that's a good way to enter the market because they are uh, also beaten down. and I mean, that's be- a,
1: It's an interesting play because they are so beaten down. And I think and I don't mean to interrupt you here but I think that that's it's a counterintuitive play because you think oh if we're going to go into recession interest rates are going up housing sales are going to slow but if you believe that the REITs have been beaten down so badly that that's all been priced in then yeah it's a good play.
0: Yeah and and that that's where my head's at with that. Uh another one I'm keeping an eye on guys I'm not going to get too excited about this and I'm probably not even going to spend some time on the podcast on it but I do want to mention my final thought is Blink. (laughs) Well, Blink is always on there, and it's been beaten down. Right now, it's below twelve bucks a share, and I'm thinking about buying it for a swing trade on Blink. But I'm also keeping an eye on Riot Blockchain because Bitcoin is now back up. It hit twenty four thousand recently. It's back about twenty three thousand. I do believe that uh, the cryptos are gonna uh, will move with the market. So if the markets move down, the cryptos will move down, and that would be a time to make a move into Riot at that moment i would look at it probably below 6 dollars a share uh that's a penny stock price but uh yeah, i i feel confident you know in that one uh i wouldn't put a lot of your portfolio in it if you're going into it uh but the REITs are definitely one i'm looking at and yes blink blink uh below 12 bucks a share right now it's probably a good time to go ahead and put some money in that one as well in fact you know that one's going to be a definite call bing 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 definite call blink uh go ahead and buy it okay 1170. 1170 was where it was at last time I saw. All right. All right. uh, Well, as always, we hope we've been entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. Have a good night. Have a good night.